Let us pray. Holy, holy, holy. You are our Lord Almighty. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence and the many ways you help us and usher us into your presence to experience you. We ask, Lord, that you continue, Lord, to speak to our hearts in very real ways. To remind us that we're never alone, that you are with us and we are love. By your grace, we ask that you open our eyes to our hearts. Where we may be able to open our souls to receive what you have for us. Not only today, but for the rest of our lives. Draw us closer to you. Call us and remind us about the relationship that you invite us to be in with you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for inspiring and empowering us by your spirit. We love you because you first loved us. For it is in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray. Amen. Our unit of passage, which would guide our time today, comes from Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verses 20 through 27, and it reads, My child, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech, and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet, And all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. This is the word of the Lord. My friends, of course, this is uh, part two of our four-part sermon series, Shift. Of course, last week we started off by talking about the mind, how we should have our, have the mind of Christ within us, how we should be minding the things of God, how we should open up our minds to the great possibilities that God wants for us. And we're shifting it up a notch. We're going to be talking about the heart. I'm a firm believer that everything does start within the, in the mind. Even before we begin to apply our faith, we shift our minds towards the things that we're willing to accept or the things that we're not willing to accept. I think the, the more we cultivate our minds, the more it, begin to, it will begin to shape who we are and what we're willing, again, to accept and not accept. But I think the heart is really what tells us how well our mind is functioning. I think about uh, a car. You can buy a brand new car off of the, well, you can 
well, you can't buy it directly from the assembly line, but let's just suspect, just say that we can purchase it directly from the assembly line. Once everything is assembled, all the bells and whistles, all those things is brand new. We assume that it works. As new as it is, as, as exciting as we possibly could be about that brand new car straight off the assembly line, it will not work until we actually put fluids and all the necessary things in it to get it up and running, right? But the same thing happens to us as, as human folks. We have to learn how to start pouring great things into our minds so that our hearts can begin to function the way that God wants us to function. And I think God really had that in mind in more ways than one. You can start off from Genesis and work all our way all the way through Revelation and you would hear constantly, I, I think a couple of years, when not think, the heart in some way, somehow, is very tied, it's tied to the mind uh, in scriptures and it's mentioned over 2,000 times within the biblical within the biblical text from Genesis to Revelation, and that's not to, counting the Apocrypha. So I think God really had the, the, the mind and the heart of the people and wanted the people to be very conscientious of that, and we see this in this particular text. Of course, we know that Proverbs is one of uh, the most instructive and wisdom-provoking books in all in the, in the Bible. Proverbs, there's, obviously, let me kind of back up a little bit. There's 31 Proverbs, of course. You can read a proverb uh, one a day, and it is intended to give you some type of wisdom, give you some type of instruction to guide your life, uh, whether it's personally or, or professionally. And we find this particular pericope where Solomon is talking about the matters of the heart. Theologically, we suspect that he's not only talking to his children, but he's talking to all the children that, that's, that's, that, that are within the kingdom. He's instructing the children to be very mindful of the things of their heart. We also are very mindful that out of the, the heart flows the issues of life. The heart has a way of, of helping us to, to behave, interact, or pro-react to certain situations. I'm, I'm a firm believer if you take, if you look at someone who's very evil, very condescending, who just thrives off of making people's lives miserable, that's a matter of the heart. And I believe that is something that could be changed by them committing themselves to, simple, to simply doing what is right, being vigilant to those things of the, of the heart, not resorting to evil, not resorting to hatred or anything that may cause any hurt, harm, or danger to anyone. And I think Solomon was pushing uh, the children to, to start off by having a heart of God, a heart for doing what was right. One theologian, Matthew Henry, uh, took it a little bit further. He said that perhaps 
it was easy for Solomon to give these instructions to the children because David probably gave the same instructions to him. Why did David perhaps gave him those instructions? Because he saw what was happening with Saul's children. That they were running amok. They were wild. They were doing things that were not pleasing. So, so, so Matthew Henry again suspected that David did not want Solomon to live a life that was demented or a life that was destructive. And Solomon being the wise king that he, that he was, he not only did it for his own biological kids, but he did it for all the kids of the kingdom. Let me take, let me make it a little bit more practical for us. Many, of course there are many educators here. And I've heard it time and time again that you can tell what a child is experiencing at home or in their community by the way they conduct themselves in the classroom. So I would think, again, going back to Solomon, I think Solomon was wise enough to, to realize that if we can get the children acting right, then the kingdom is probably gonna be better. Now, what does all that have to do with shift? Or what does that all have to do with minding the things of the heart? Well, my friends, I believe that is important for us because we're living in an age now where there's so much divisiveness. We still see racism. We still see bigotry. We still see greed. We still see selfishness. I'm up under the persuasion that if we can get people to start minding the things of their heart, start being aware of the things of their hearts, I believe that the world would be much better. I believe that people would start treating each other humanely. People would start seeing each other in the Imago Day, which is the image of God. God did, did not make any junk. God did not create us to have hatred or bitterness or, or envy enviness or to have a racist bone in our body or to be bigots or to be hate, full of hatred. God, that is not God's intentions. Again, the Imago Day, the image of God is love. The image of God is to have a heart for the things of God. The heart, a heart full of grace, a heart full of mercy. So here we are, my friends, at a time where I believe God is pressing us to shift our hearts to a place that is more inviting. To shift our hearts in, in ways that, that, that show God's love for all of humanity. Yes, we can think of all the great things in the world. We can think about being well, doing well. But out of the heart flows the issues of life. This is where I believe the rubber really meets the road. If you want to be more loving, check your heart. If you want to be more kind, check your heart. If you want to be more productive, check your heart. 
I, I, something that I learned a, a long time ago when I was in corporate America, especially when I was coming up the rank, I had some mean bosses. And there were times I used to, I wasn't always in the church, I'm just saying. <laughs> there were times I would say to myself, ooh, if I catch you in this storeroom, just me and you, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm just going to give you some choice words. But it made me realize that, you know what, people are going to be people. I have to be responsible for my own actions. I have to be more responsible about how I treat people. So in, the, in those situations that I, was started, that I experienced in corporate America, I, I think I, I got it right from the perspective. The more my bosses were mean to me, the kinder I became to them. In fact, I, there is something that I, I learned through all the training, and you can try this, okay? You can try this. If someone starts yelling and screaming at you, this is a secret. The more you lower your voice, the more you sound peaceful and kind, the more it'll bring down that anger in that other person. That's a matter of the heart, my friends. That's the matter of looking at people again in the Imago day. I believe that we in society, and I'm just going to be bold enough to say it, I don't think we have a hatred problem. I don't think we have a racist problem. I don't think we have a bigot problem. I think we have a heart problem. It's time for us to have some heart surgery among ourselves. And here's the amazing thing about this. You don't have to pay millions of dollars to visit a cardiologist. God has provided a way for us in the BIBLE. We can start off. Let me give you some, let me give you some, some remedies, some things that you can do. First, you can commit yourself to God and say, God, listen, I need your help. I want to know the things of you. I want to know of your love. I want to show your love. Commitment. The second thing is to pray more. I am a firm believer the more we pray, the more we pray, the more we spend time with God, the closer we will become with God. In fact, I believe this is a great way for us to start developing the mind of Christ. So obviously when we pray, we should pray with scripture. We should pray understanding the will of God by scripture. The third thing that I believe that we can do is by being among the body of believers more. Whether society or people in society realize it or not, the church is still the very best place that God, the very best place that God has created for humanity. That is a fact. We are the colonia, the community. We are the ecclesia, the elect, not in, a, not in an arrogant way, but we are the ones that God has called to make the difference above and beyond any other organization or agency. Although we, we applaud and we partner with those agencies and those organizations, but the body of Christ is still a great place for us to get nurtured, a great
great place for us to enhance our spiritual formation, a great place for us to love on each other. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have disagreement. We're a family. Families have disagreement. But it is the body of Christ. It is the place where I believe that God can work on us a whole lot better. The next thing that we can do, my friends, is to try to exercise the best love and give the very best love to those who are outside of the community. If you want to invite people to church or want people to come to church, then you personally be the very best church that you can be. Be the church that you want other people to be a part of. And I'm not talking about the building per se, but by the love, by your connection, by the relationships that you, that you, that you create and that you learn to mend or fix. And who knows, in that process, someone may ask you, so what church do you go to, Central? And maybe they'll want to come and worship here at our church, or any church that is repping Jesus Christ. And the last thing that we can do, my friends, is to do all those things over and over and over again. Repetition works. Minding the things of the heart. Time is winding up or down, however you want to look at it. I think that the world needs a change. I think the world is looking for people who are willing to pull out their heart. To love with their heart. Even more than with their words. Out of the heart flows the issues of life. Solomon said, do not let these words escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For from it flow the springs of life. Let us be mindful of what we allow to flow through our hearts. Be the difference that you want to see in the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us all now stand for the benediction. The mind, the heart, next week. Thomas is going to be talking about the soul. We want you to come back to continue uh, to hear the rest of this sermon, sermon series. Now, by the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us both now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen.